This is the Advanced Selling Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help business sales teams grow their business with modern strategies and philosophies. Now, your hosts, Bill Kasky and Brian Neal. Hey, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Outstanding. We're live. We are live at the Jazz Kitchen again. We did this back in February, and here we are again doing it. So we uh, welcome to our live studio audience today. Really yeah. glad you came came out today. Last time we came was February. We had a horrendous win- winter here yeah. in the Midwest. It was terrible. And uh, it's been raining here for about 44 days, right? Longer than it rained on for that, Noah. Right? And uh, the first day we have, it's like 68, not a cloud in the sky. We bring everyone into a jazz club where there's no windows yeah. and everything is pitch black dark. So aren't you glad you're here? That's good. Welcome. Great to have people, people we know out in the audience. So this is going to be a, an extended version of the Advanced Selling Podcast. Yeah. We're going to probably do 15, 20 minutes. And we've got a topic here we want to uh, kind of lay out for you. But I've got a, a quick story. You know, okay. we have been experiencing a lot of storms here in the Midwest. And, of course, some of them are very serious down in the southern part, southeast part of the country. Yep. But even up here in Indiana, in Kentucky, we've had a lot of tornadoes, a lot of wind, a lot of tornado watches. And, of course, the weather people love this. They don't mm-hmm. like the destruction. I'm not saying they like that. But they love because what, what, what does a weather guy want to do, right? He wants to get more minutes than just his little allotted three minutes during his half-hour newscast. Yep. And these guys spend millions of dollars on Doppler radar and all this stuff, right? And, but when the weather changes, they love it. So the other night there was a tornado watch, and it was late at night, and the sirens. You guys are all familiar with the sirens? Did you hear them uh, I don't yeah. know, it was last weekend maybe, earlier this week? And, of course, they've got the radar now to where you can see it literally street by street. They can pan in, and they, you know exactly where that storm is. And, of course, the weather guy's like, three minutes, three minutes and 30 seconds, it's going to hit Carmel, <laughs> two minutes and 20 seconds. And so my wife, Jane, who's not with us today, or I wouldn't be telling this story, gets very nervous. And so we're, we're down in the, you know, prepared, you know, we're down with the candles and the flashlights and we're in the basement and we're watching TV. I don't know what, I don't know how the TV is going to stand up. We have this big storm, but so we're down there and all of a sudden the sirens and he's like 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay, great. Here it comes. And we're kind of making, you know, having some fun. And our daughter Kelly, who's here, lives uh, down here. So she couldn't make it up. So we're down in the basement, huddled up. All of a sudden Jane says, water, water, we need bottles of water. And I talked to three people the next day. And they said their wives did that to them, too. What is it with wives and bottled water? I have what no idea. That? I'm not a wife. That's very, no, very Did Jen do that to you? I, no. Jen, and I don't know how long we were anticipating being in the basement with bottled water. But We have four kids M&Ms. between the ages of eight and four, and those sirens go off, and we just lay there and hope none of the kids come in our bedroom. <laughs> like, you, you got to kind of get up, and, you, you know, the wind's howling and shaking around. You just get up and just count them off just to make sure you didn't They're lose one there. through the wind or something. All right. Now, we're pretty laid back with storms. You are. We are. Okay. okay topic uh, today. Well, topic, before it's we inspired. do the topic, we've got Go a couple ahead. of uh, LinkedIn. Uh, yep. David Turner is a big LinkedIn subscriber and good podcast listener. Uh, Leon Pajoli comes from a technical background. He uh, loves the podcast, helps me sell despite not being a natural sales personality. Oh, nice. uh, Michael Yaley, I think is his name. He communicates with us a lot. Uh, Joe Turner, or John Turner is a good listener. Paul Cook. How do you uh, know they're good listeners? Because they tell me. <laughs> they tell me they're good listeners. That's good. I like and, that. And uh, one other, but I, oh, the um, bad listeners. I guess I don't have that with me. He was really, He's one he of the really applauded ever. you especially. I just don't happen to have that one. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Anyway. He knows I got my cute shirt on today. He does. It's All right. funny if you're here. Topic. Yeah, topic. You go kick it off. I was well, confused earlier. We got a, a, an email here a couple of weeks ago from a listener who uh, is listening for a while. Yes, he's a good listener. 
And uh, he says, you know, you guys give a lot of good information away, but you've never really gone from beginning to end. What are all the things I need to do, have, and be to be successful in selling? Mm -hmm. And uh, as I went back and looked at some of the topics, we try to make the topics fairly small because the tolerance for our voice is probably about seven to ten minutes, and then uh, you get tired of it. So this is going to be a little bit longer one, though, because what we did was we looked at the Ten components that we think today, in today's world, today's economy, today's modern social media world, you really need to be thinking about selling differently. So we came up with what we're calling a roadmap to revenue for 2011. You've got it in front of you. We're not going to have a chance to go through each one of these as in-depth as we'd like, but we picked out three that we think are really important and so we can even talk and do some Q&A because we've got a little 10 minutes of Q&A after this. So we can go back to some of the other ones. But we want to talk about these one at a time. You've got it on your handout here for you uh, Advanced Selling Podcast app listeners. It will be on the app site, too, yep. so you'll be able to download it. And uh, people can uh, – the rest of the, the, the yeah, people listening who aren't here in the audience can actually e- uh, email us and get us at a listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com if yes. you want a hard if copy of this if they yeah. want to see uh, a list. Um, so you want to start? Yeah. Please do. All right. Be my guest. So number one, uh, have a goal. You know, I was uh, talking with a, a client the other day, and, and we were talking about uh, her uh, goals for this year and what she wanted to accomplish and what skills she wanted to work on. And I said, what? and she was a, a commi- high-commission salesperson, meaning uh, 90% of her job was commission-focused, so she didn't get much of a salary. And I said, what was your, what's your goal? What's your one number? Is there one number at the end of the year? And she said, not really. I'd like to get more clients. I'd like to have more fun. I'd like to spend more time with my family. I'd like to sell more to my current client base, which was her responsibility. She had no one number. And so after, after a little bit of counseling, we came up with the one number. And in her case, it was an income number. And she said, if I could make this, and, and it, we tracked it all back to sales then, uh, she had a lot better sense of what she really needed to accomplish. Yeah, so good. it's a very short uh, explanation there. But if you don't have – if you have a goal, I know you're a goal-oriented group, but make sure you at least have one number that you can look at and say, this is what I need to do in 2011. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go through all these, yeah, right? You go ahead. Just real you, quick. You're going to touch on the first, uh, kind of the top six that you see, one, two, three, and six, seven, eight for you in the audience. Okay. Here, and we're going to go deep into these other three. So uh, knowing your market, what that means, and, and just think about this. If you don't already do this, how many of you subscribe to a, an industry newsletter or blog? An industry newsletter? Oh, that's very good. I'm good, impressed. Good. How many of you read it? That's the big question, yeah. Oh, I subscribe. Oh, yeah, I'm one of those guys. I subscribe to like 19 million things, and I delete them all. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, but pick one or two. I read Seth Godin's blog every single day. I know exactly when it comes. In fact, this morning I thought my email was screwed up because it was like two minutes late. But what's wrong with Seth today? It's six. It's six o two. He gets here at six. He's watching so the wedding. So just know your. Be a student of your market. You'll find a good good way to to get access to people is to become a student to go ask people if you can interview them or talk to them or learn from them. That's a way to get access to people. Be a student of your market. Yeah. Uh, did you see Seth's videos that he put out? No, I didn't. Really good group of videos. I don't know if any of you have seen those. If, if you Did you see him, Greg? Um, go to Seth Godin. I don't know if it's typepad.com or typepad.sethgodin, but go look him up. Go Google him. He came out with a series of four videos that are about the world as it is today versus the world as it was. Did you see it? The world as it was 50 years ago. It is eye-opening, and it really... Oh, is that, is that the one where you said we're getting away? We've got to let go of the, all the old economies or all yes. gone? And, oh, yes. I did see. Oh, it, was, did. It, it was so eye-opening, it, it can kind of That's scare good. you Don't a little bit that. if you it don't uh, have a cocktail in front of you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so go do that. It's, it's probably 30 minutes of video, so do it sometime this weekend. It's really eye-opening. That's good. That was good. That's excellent. You want to go next? You need to put your glasses on? Sure. Number three, 
Have a story. Make it your own. You know, when we counsel companies, it seems like the story is a big issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know when Brian goes out and talks to clients and he fir- we first start working with someone, we will always say, okay, well, tell me your story. Tell me your company story. And we'll usually get things like, well, we've been in business for 60 years and we have 3,000 clients and we're a leader in the Midwest in our, in our publishing business and we're this and we're that and we're this and that. And the problem with that is that is not a story. Uh, that's a resume. And one of the things that we try to do up front, I think it's in, I wish we had more time. We just don't have time to do this today. But think about, think about the evolution of your business. Think about when your business started, you've probably made decisions in that business over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Even if you've only been in business for two years, you've made conscious decisions about the way you are today. And Try to create and wrap that into a story. You know, when we started, here was the market. We've noticed some changes over the past 20 years. Here is something we did in 1994 that really affected us. 2005, we made a decision not to go to the up and do this. And so now today, one of the things we do is we help companies solve problems like A, B, and C. So in 30 seconds, you can give the prospect a really good sense of your background and your story. So when I say have a story, make it personal, uh, you can have your own story within that too. Yeah, and I that's know very you, good. You play, you play around with that a lot I, with I your love clients. that. Yeah, and I, I use a quote. So some of you that are clients of mine have heard this, and I've said it on the podcast maybe a time or two. It's from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. If you remember when John Candy <laughs> was a big guy, and he's talking to Steve Martin, he's driving him crazy, and Steve Martin goes off on him. He's tired of listening to him talk because he talks incessantly. And Steve Martin says, oh, here's another thing. <laughs> When you tell a story, have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. You get that? All right. So is your story interesting? Reading off your resume isn't interesting to me. Telling me how and why you were drawn to your business and how you succeeded and failed and what you learned, that's interesting to me. All right? And the world is moving to storytelling. Stories have a beginning, middle, and an end. They have a little drama. They might have a hero. But be able to articulate your story in your sales life and in anything. If some of you are going to have another job someday at a different company, you need to be able to tell your story in an interview process also. So many people come into an interview with their resume. Well, I I manage a territory. Don't tell me that. Connect with me. Tell me a story. You remember when Terry was telling his story? Wasn't it? it was interesting, wasn't it? You're waiting for it, and there was a drama, was a drama to it. It was really, really good, really good. So, so tell stories. Be a storyteller. So work on that. That's a good assignment for Very this good. weekend. Work on that. All right. Do you want to do the next one? Oh, Go can ahead. I? Yeah, sure. sure. Uh, next, I'm going to move up to the, those of you following along on number six, number six so in the room. out of order here. I am out of order. Shame on me. Uh, know, know the objections and be prepared. I heard a very interesting thing. So some of you know that I'm a college football referee. I referee college football in the Big Ten here in the United States. And for our Australian listeners, they don't know what that is. It is like like Australian rules. It's much more fun. The guy goes like that when they make a goal. Um, A guy told me in an officiating clinic, Jerry Markbright is his name. He's a real famous uh, NFL football official. He said, as part of your preparation, I want you to visualize the worst possible case scenario, and then visualize yourself handling that. And I thought, and I'm Mr. Positive. I'm like, no, hey, in hell am I going to visualize the worst case scenario? I'm going to think positive and think of what I want. And the more he talked about that, I'm like, that's a real interesting idea. I just learned this in February. He said, if you visualize the worst case scenario and visualize yourself handling it, when it happens, you're ready. And I thought, that's yeah. genius right there for us as salespeople, right? You get things in your sales life. What sort of objections do you hear? You hear things, oh, gosh, this is great, but you know, if you can knock the price down, I'll sign today. Whatever you hear in your business, prepare yourself to, to, uh, to handle those things and to talk about them and discuss them before they happen. 
right? Visualizing bad outcomes to prepare for them. You got to do both. Don't just visualize the bad outcomes and not, not handle them. That's be a bad idea. Bad outcomes. Yeah, it's not a good thing. But visualize the bad ones, visualize yourself handling them, and then move. Okay? Good. Next. You know, also on that one, it's, it's not just uh, knowing how to handle them, it's knowing how to prevent them, too. Uh-huh. So if, you're, if, price, uh, if you get a price objection a lot, the question is not how do I handle it. Also, it's how do I preempt it yeah. and uh, allow it not to surface and, and talk about those up front. That's its own good. podcast. It is its own All podcast. Right. We've probably already done this one on that. Good. But we, can't, we have no memory of these two, two minutes after we're done. So. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, number eight, get a coach. All high performers will benefit from a coach. Now, we're not saying this because we're coaches. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> We're saying this because a lot of times, and Terry and Brooke can attest to this in their coaching practice, is a lot of times we don't know how we're behaving. And I, what happens uh, a few years ago, uh, way before it was illegal to tape telephone calls. No, actually, it was, <laughs> it was always illegal to tape telephone calls. I had a client who would tape their uh, prospecting calls, and they'd send them to me then. And it was laborious listening to hours of these. But they, when they listened to them, guess what they heard? When they listened to their own calls, prior to me even coaching them, guess what they heard? They hated how their voice sounded. They hated how their voice sounded. Right. They, they sound talked too much. Mm-hmm. They did not listen to buying signals. I remember one. It was 15 buying years signals. ago. The, the prospect was literally saying, well, this is really interesting to me. And the, and the salesperson kept talking about the benefits about and the features yeah. and all that. And it's like, oh, my. Shut but up. he didn't even know he was doing it because that's how unaware of our behavior we are yeah. sometimes. So as a coach, uh, if you get a coach and someone who can help you, they will be able to help you modify that behavior, a uh, behavior that you don't sometimes see. see now, they can't go on calls see. with you. That's right. Yeah. I uh, pull my pants up about 142 times in a football game. I watched myself. I never knew I did that. And I do it all the time. The whole time, I'm always pulling my pants up. I don't know why. They're not even falling down. But you don't know until you watch. You don't know until you watch. It's a really good idea. Tighter belt. That's all. Says, why do you always pull your pants up? Like, dude, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. Okay. You do that one? Yeah, go nine? ahead. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> you, I you got you nothing that for that one. No, one. no. He... Okay. Well, number nine. Uh, number nine is position yourself. You've got to do it because no one else will. And what I mean by position myself or position yourself is what, what place do you occupy in the buyer's mind? When you show up and you're knocking on the door metaphorically and you get in in front of the prospect or, or even a client and you're pitching and you're convincing you occupy the seller position, and that is a completely crappy, lousy position to occupy. And yet, we do it all the time. We get needy. We get desperate. So here's a better position. I want you to have a position of a problem solver for the customer. And sometimes I think you have to actually say that to the prospect rather than hoping they'll conclude it. Yeah, that Brian, there was something about him. He's a problem solver, isn't he? <laughs> you have to say, look, Mr. Prospect, here's my role in my business. Is My goal here is not to sell you things but to solve problems for you. It's to serve you by solving problems. Sometimes that means there's no sale. Sometimes you have no, the person has no problems and I've got to move on. That's okay. That is how I'm made. That's my DNA is to solve problems. Now, that can't be a con game. You can't say that and then launch into a pitch. So uh, just make sure that when you're positioning yourself, you're thinking, okay, how do I want to be positioned as an expert, as a resource, as a problem finder, and a problem solver? You give me a signal back there. What is that? Okay. You... Okay, two minutes for what? We'll edit that out. We're good. Keep going. Yeah, okay. All right. She's so, just a producer. So let me, yeah. <laughs> By the way, give it up for Jill Van Arsdale. Jill Van Arsdale, everybody. 
And we've got to remember to introduce the Caskey team, yeah. which we haven't done yet. I'm sorry about that. So, let's start over on position. Can I go? Can I enhance your idea? You didn't have an idea. I now did, you want to enhance it. Because right. it just came out of training yesterday. I was over at one of my best clients, Star Leasing. My friend Jim's back there. Hi, Jim from Star Leasing. This came out of there. Here's the trick in this one. Um, be what you are. Don't say what you are. Don't be like Bill said. Don't run in and say, we really take a problem-solving approach to things. That when you say those things, right, like when you watch uh, TV preachers that then get in trouble because they got a prostitute and they're getting drunk and doing drugs <laughs> in the hotel, the more you have to say it, the more you kind of want to it. So don't say it. Just be it, all right? The other thing, which don't, don't think about just the be a problem solver. The other thing to do, this is real important to me, be a peer to the person you're talking to. Always be a peer. Even sometimes when you're at the right person, so you're a sales account manager calling on a president, there's still this salesperson president level thing going yeah. on. Don't do that. Be a peer to that person. I always say if you guys were stuck in an elevator – you would forget who does what and who's in yeah. charge if you didn't know each other. If you randomly missed a flight and you're just sitting next to each other at O'Hare, you just started talking, you would, you would just treat them like a person. And all of a sudden, if they're a big prospect, you found out who they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were Bill Cassidy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, I'm sweating now. You, won't, you wouldn't do that, you see? Just yeah. treat them like a person. Does that make sense? Very good. Okay. Yeah. Good. So we disagreed there, see? I think you should tell people. But he doesn't. So that's fine. Okay. That's good. That's healthy, I think. <laughs> All right. Healthy guy. Okay, now we're going to get into the, this uh, is the big the big dogs. Yeah, four, yep. uh, five, and ten. How are we doing on time? All right, okay. good. We've got a few minutes. All right. Ready? Yeah. Okay, number four, have a selling system. So here's the thing. If, if I ask you to come up here and show me your selling process and you can't show it to me, you don't have one. Yep. Does that make sense? You've got to have one that you follow and stick to. Here's the thing, too. And this is, we, this is kind of odd for us sometimes. Um, we have one that we teach. It's real important to us, though, that it becomes yours. One of the best things that, 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 that I, about what I do is when I find people leave, which I don't like. We just had a salesperson who was a high-performing, all-in, Caskey, one of our greatest clients, left the client to go to another company. I know because I've talked to him. He has taken this methodology that we presented to him, and it is now his, and he's doing it at another company that doesn't buy into it, which is kind of interesting because he's struggling with that a little bit. The point being, you got to make it your own. I don't care who it is, what it is, who taught it to you. It's, it becomes yours, and if someone ever asks, you go, here's my deal. Here's what I do. Here's how I handle it. Here's my philosophy. Here's steps one through six, whatever that is. That makes sense? Just make sure that you have one. So let's talk about what the component, what the ingredients of that is. Ingredients are. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so if if so, if I came to you and said, well, Brian, how do you how do you do business with a, with a customer like me? What it, how do you do it? What are how would you walk me through it? Yeah, it would depend on what it is, and that's what I don't want. I want you to have the framework for yours. So you might have sections. You might say, well, we think of this in three phases. The first phase is a discovery phase that entails a lot of Q and a, uh, Q and A back and forth, and it would also entail us um, interviewing a couple of your people and doing a survey to them to find out what some of their bigger problems are. Phase two is what we call alternatives phase. This is where we look and see, okay, here are some choices, some ways of engagement, some ways that we would address the problem, and we develop content in that next phase. Uh, phase three, then, is we move to a go, no-go, and implementation. No-go, obviously, we shake hands and say, see you later. Go means that we move on and do something down the road. Yeah. And here's what it looks like. Yeah. that makes sense? That's just an example of one. You can, you can have all sorts of moving components to it, all sorts of them. The, right? the, the mistake I think a lot of times we make is we overstep, we step right over the diagnostic phase which is the exploration phase. And where do we, where, where do we all want to go quick? 
solution, answer. presentation, yeah. recommendation, the cool bells and whistles. Yeah. Stop with that. Start with diagnostic first. Spend a little time. Spend more time. In fact, that may be your biggest step is diagnostic. But, yeah, we, we like to talk about our products, so we skip over that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, if you don't have one, get one. If you need help, call us. Okay. <laughs> Number uh, five, yep. modern prospecting strategy. Now, uh, when we go into companies, that uh, lead generation is probably the biggest issue that we hear. We're just not getting enough leads. We're not getting enough of the right leads. Yeah, we're not closing them. In fact, I always hear this. Uh, a person will always say, well, once we get in front of people, we're fine. Yep. It's just getting in front of people. Okay, well, that's a problem. Yeah. And uh, we can argue the other point, too. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of yeah, We're fine, meaning we, we give it away. <laughs> but modern prospecting strategies have changed, obviously, in the last two years. Mm-hmm. What are some modern prospecting strategies now? Group? Cold calling. <laughs> Compendium, modern prospecting strategies, blogging, blogging good. white papers, social media. What are some other prospecting strategies? Referrals, introductions. still a great yep. one. Introductions, LinkedIn, which we, we covered social media. What about podcasting, video, YouTube? There's all these areas, but the problem is you really have to change your mindset yep. because we can fall back into that. Well, it's Tuesday, and I got 25 cold calls to make. Yeah. And yep. managers, you managers, a lot of times, here's what you do. Brian, how come you're not on the phone? Well, I'm writing an article on, on 10 top trends in our industry. You, we don't pay you to write articles. Why are you we dicking around you doing that? Exactly. Go make 15 calls. I would, would rather you write a see, meaningful article. Yeah, I would rather yeah, write a meaningful article and send it out to 1,000 clients yeah. and have 100 say, this is awesome, come in and see me, than yeah. I would have you cold call because yeah. you have no position then. No, none whatsoever. So I'm going to give you this is um, so write this down. This is from Selling Power, Selling Power's blog. It's the March 17th entry. It's six reasons salesperson 2.0 will grow your business. And this is a this one of the best blogs I've read in a really long time. Salesperson 2.0. I'll let you read it, but just to highlight some of the things. Salesperson. Here's the premise. The premise of this whole thing. Uh, Of the 18 million sales jobs that currently exist in the U.S., the author believes that. Um, 3 million of those jobs will be necessary by 2020. You get that? 3 million by 2020 out of uh, 18 million today. Why? Because so much is done. One of the things it talks about in here is, um, I don't know the exact number. Uh, I think it's 70%. 70% of the uh, sales process is done before you ever show up. Yep. Right? You do it yourselves. What do you do? When you go to meet someone, what do you do? Google Google them. Right? Uh, you, what else do you do? Second thing, we already talked about it earlier. Church do item. LinkedIn, you go LinkedIn and you go, you try to right, and they do the same thing and they go read your blogs and they look and they watch and they listen, and they pay attention. And all of a sudden you show up and they've got all this data. They've got a, they got a, a, a dossier, right? Isn't that what we call it? Dossier. Yeah. Dosey Doe? Sounds it, like a DePaul yeah. word to me. It is a DePaul. Yeah, it it's is. a $5 word, right, it's a, Aaron? It's a private school word. I went to public school. We call those binders where I come from. An AFTRB. It's a dossier. It's an AFTRB. It's another freaking three ring binder. Take that and steal it. So go watch his blog, sales, uh, Selling Power blog, March 17th. Go look at this. this, this will, it should scare you a little bit and it should also motivate you that you need to get out of all the old technique of uh, prospecting and get, get with it quickly. Couple that one with Seth Godin's thing that Bill talked about, and the whole game is changing real fast. I believe that's Change the game. Yeah. You can be president of the game if you change yeah. it. Okay. Number, number 10? Yeah, this one's big. So this is the crescendo in the end, and those of you who know us and listen, you know this is the uh, – Biggest thing for us as far as what you have to have for a roadmap to revenue for a high-performing salesperson. Does anybody in the room take a guess at what do you think it is? Anybody in the room take a guess? 
See a couple knows people us. pointing what to their face. What do you think? Josie knows. Face. Yeah, it's head. Faces. Uh, the most important thing to do is to get your head right. To get your head right. All right? And you know we call this the inner game. This to us is beyond important. So we have a, a saying now that we have in our firm that every sales problem, every single one of them, can be traced back at its core root. Its root cause is a thinking problem. Every single one of them. I had it happen in training yesterday. I said, okay, uh, we're talking to the wrong person. We got to be talking to the CFO. But I got this great relationship with the marketing manager. I don't want to call the CFO because I don't want to what? Hurt the marketing manager's feelings. I don't want to upset them or piss them off. Well, I don't want to piss them off because I'm afraid I might lose them. Oh, so you clearly don't believe in abundance and you're not detached from this because you're afraid to lose something that you don't even have yet. Get that? You don't even have it and you're afraid to lose it. That's a thinking deal, right? Everyone wants to go to the what to do. What should I say to go over his head to talk to the CFO? You first have to get your head straight about being okay with that. All right? And so you hear from us, our content. We do a lot of work on this. There are a lot of resources for you. I'm my favorite guy's guy named Wayne Dyer, who we got to see live on stage a while back. It's a person to feed good stuff into your head. To us, this is the number one most important thing. Yeah. Uh, so I had one the other day, uh, yep. client says to me, uh, we, we did a phone call coming in Cincinnati. They're an engineering firm, so they don't have salespeople. They have, uh, engineers and estimators, project managers. Yep. And the guy said to me, well, Bill, I've got to go out and see this guy today. And I said, well, what do you, what's your plan for seeing this prospect? He goes, well, I got to get him to admit he's got a problem. Yeah. Okay. Now we talk about, uh, we talk about finding the problem. We talk about diagnosing the problem, but what did you hear in his explanation of what his strategy was that was faulty and his thinking was screwed up? I have to get him to do it. So now, now that sounds like a lot of effort to me. sounds like a lot of stress. I've got to go in. I've got to say that right thing. So you will say something that I want you to say, and I got to get you to say it. And once you say it, I'll come up and hug you. But the problem is that when we're trying to get someone to do something, we get resist. We get one thing, and that's resistance. Prospect says, "Well, wait a minute, easy, hang on." So even be careful of your language when you think your head's right. Listen to your language again. Record yourself. Ask those around you. Say, "Look, am I talking the language of abundance here, or am I getting desperate?" That's very good. Yeah, we talked about abundance. We talked about there's a new thing for you. Abundance. You've all heard us talk about it. I'm sure this core abundant philosophy that the world's an abundant place. Bill talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast. Don't think territorial abundance. You know what that means? Territorial means, uh, you know, if I'm a realtor in Indianapolis, like, yeah, there are a lot of houses here. There's a bunch of them, right? That's not what this is. This is a universal abundance. This is a life deal. We don't do life coaching. This is as close as we get. You know, we don't do hot coals like Tony Robbins with big teeth and, you know, look in the mirror like you're good enough and smart enough and doggone it, people like you. That's not our deal. It's abundance deal. Abundance deal is a big, big, big thing. It's universal, okay? Look at yourself in the mirror and say, do I really buy into this deal of abundance? It's a big, big, big deal. And it might have something to do with your job, too. Yeah. All right. It might not just be uh, territory or business. It might be uh, where where you work and how you you work. All right. This is awesome. No, this is good. Uh, Go to LinkedIn and uh, uh, hook us up with the Advanced Selling Podcast group. Yep. You can also email us if you have a question, listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. And we've thoroughly enjoyed our live audience today. It's been fun, hasn't it? It's fun watching people say you. Thank Thank you so much. Appreciate it. This has been the Advanced Selling Podcast presented by Cast the Achievement Strategies Indianapolis. Join us each time we record a new podcast by going to BillKasky.com or to iTunes.